Inside Chicago Government. ShyGov.com. Welcome to another in a series of interviews with Ben Jarofsky. I'm Dave Gloetz. Ben Jarofsky writes on government and politics for the Chicago Reader, and he's here with me today. What do you say today, Ben? I say hello, David. Hello to you, too. Today we're talking about your <laughs> article titled, United Generously Returns Taxpayer Subsidy It Was Required to Return Anyway. And that appeared in the Reader on November 22, 2012. The title actually is pretty descriptive of yeah. what, <laughs> what it's about. Let's just go into the history. I've sort of pieced together a chronicle of what went on that your article pretty much talks about. Okay. Let's go back to 2007. Okay, on my time right. machine. United Airlines moved its corporate headquarters from Elk Grove Village to 77 West Wacker. Mm -hmm. In return, the city gives it <laughs> $5.6 million in tax increment financing money, and the state of Illinois gives it $1.35 million in a state grant. Two years later, 2009, there's a different headquarters called the Operational Headquarters right. that they moved from Elk Grove Village to the Willis Tower, formerly the Sears Tower. Okay. The Wesley Willis Tower, as some like to call it. <laughs> and United gets $26 million in tax increment financing funds and an additional $10 million grant. Mm -hmm. $10 million grant. They desperately need the money. Well, these days, too. Yeah. In 2012, this year, United announced that it would move its corporate headquarters which had been relocated to 77 West Wacker to the Willis Tower, joining the operational headquarters folks, right. and announced it would return the $5.6 million it got back in 2007. By my math, they're still up 37 mil, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're doing okay. The press release that announced this from the mayor's office said, quote, United will also forego up to $9.7 million in additional city grant funds it will no longer be eligible to receive, end quote. Is that that $10 million? No, that's tied something to else. something else. What is that? Uh, it had to do with a break on the tax they pay on fuel. The notion was the more business they do in Chicago, the less they should be penalized, I suppose. You know, It was having to do with the amount of fuel their planes consume and the tax they pay on that. Yeah. So they didn't consume as much fuel for various reasons, probably because they're not flying as many planes. And so they didn't pass the threshold that they had to achieve before the break kicked in. That's not something that was awarded exclusively to them. That's something that airlines generally qualify I, for? I actually, don't quote me on the senator, believe that was rewarded uh, exclusively United as part of this deal to get them to move everything into Chicago. But, you know, I can't say for certain that the city hasn't offered a similar deals to other airlines. I have <laughs> in map. my hand a map. This is from the city's website. It shows the TIF districts in the central area of the city, which is the Loop. Yes, that and, blighted district known as the Loop. <laughs> <laughs> and our listeners can look at the description of this broadcast to see what we're looking at now. But All right. I'll describe map. it. Up on top, we have a showing of the central TIF area. There isn't much in the North Loop, but in the South Loop seems to be blanketed with TIF districts. And the one that the Willis Tower is in, if I'm not mistaken, is the LaSalle Central. Yes, that's correct. Now, just, just so you know, uh, the TIF district that 77 West Wacker was in has since expired, and that would be our good friend, the Central Loop TIF, Central Loop TIF. which was the oldest TIF in the city of Chicago. And we've discussed it many times over the years. And it expired, I believe, in 2008, or maybe it was 2009, don't quote me. It was from that TIF district slush pile that Mayor Daly, not Mayor Emanuel, extracted the $5.6 to uh, reward United for moving to 77 West Wacker. 
I presume that if that TIF district was still in effect, that when United paid that 5.6 mil back, it would go back into that TIF district. Yes. So where does it go now? Is there a really good party that's going to happen? Yeah, at our house. Okay, this is how it goes. When TIF dollars are returned to the city, the city cannot keep the full 100% because, as we all know, we've discussed this many times, TIF dollars come from various taxing bodies in the first place. So roughly 50 cents on the dollar, half of the TIF goes to the public schools, who are the greatest single loser in this TIF game, if you will. Park District, I forget what their share is. Somewhere like eight percent. So it's remember. proportionately it's distributed. Proportionally distributed. The city gets about twenty percent, and so the city immediately. This is how brilliant Ram is uh, in a PR stunt. The way the city positioned this is, they said that United Airlines, an act of uh, charity and good corporate uh, citizenry, uh, has decided that they were going to return these TIF dollars, even though they didn't have to return them to the city because it was the right thing to do since they were moving out of 77 West Wacker and the money was intended to help them move into 77 West Wacker and that the city was in turn going to take uh, whatever 20% of that is, $1.2 million or something like that, and help set up a program run by a school on the west side of Chicago in Austin, the same school coincidentally we talked about a couple of years ago where they fired all those teachers through no fault of their own by a maverick principal who's since moved on. So it was a masterful PR stunt by the mayor to make it seem as so the good citizens of United were just out of the kindness of their heart giving money to the school on the west side, when in fact the United was returning money that they had to return by virtue of the uh, clause and the agreement they signed when the city gave them the money in the first place. Did I have it right earlier when I said that if the Central Loop TIF district was still in effect, that the money would have gone back to the district? I believe you are correct. But it's because it's not in effect that it goes back, back to the taxing, to the taxing bodies. bodies. Yes. And I believe that the city probably, if it wanted to, in cases like that, could have the money go back to general revenues. I mean, you know, you know this, the city can send back a surplus and TIF district to the taxing bodies at any time. So it's up to the city, actually, where the money goes. It's up to the mayor. That's a lot of power. <laughs> yes. It's a wonderful office to hold. <laughs> That's a lot of power. In the same press release that I mentioned earlier, it said that last year the city got $34 million in tax increment financing money back from a number of corporations to whom it had been given, namely CNA Insurance Company. Bank of America and CME Group, of whom we speak quite often. Yes. I don't recall this getting that much publicity. So you always have to look at the fine print. The CME deal was the one where CME was going to, in, in exchange for taking the tip dollars, was making a commitment to keep a certain number of jobs in Chicago. But I thought they never took it. Well, they never took the money back, but the money was obligated to them, was dedicated to them, or set aside, for, reserved for them, though they never took so it. So does this $34 million include that, do you think? What they're saying is that that money, instead of being reserved or dedicated to CME will now go back to the taxing bodies. So they didn't really... They never gave them... Give they it never to gave them. it back. I mean, technically, CME relinquished their right to take the money, if you will. Because they didn't want the responsibilities, the obligations no, that went along with it. I mean, in between the time that the city offered to give them all that tax dollars, that TIF money, uh, CME cut a deal with the state where they got a big tax break that did not obligate them to keep jobs in Chicago. So CMA had to decide, do we take the tax break 
which is worth far more than the TIF, as generous as the TIF is, or do we take the TIF with its job obligations? And they clearly decided that they'd rather not have those job obligations hanging over them. And so in an act of charity and good faith, much like United's, they gave the money back. Well, if you were CEO of CME Group, wouldn't you have made that decision? Well, yeah. I mean, okay, you know, this is the point I always make. There's two separate issues here. One is what's good for CME and what's good for United. And I would hope that the leaders of those two institutions or two corporations would be looking out for their shareholders and themselves and do what's good for them. Then there's the issue of what's good for the public. And I would hope that our mayors and our aldermen and our legislators and our governor would be looking out for what's good for us. Somehow or other, it seems as though our mayors and our governors and our aldermen and our lawmakers are so like on the sides of the corporations. They're like shareholders in the corporations in awe of the corporate leaders. And they're not looking out for the fiduciary interests of the citizens of Chicago. So it's left to me and you, Dave. (laughs) And speaking of mayors, you know, having that fiduciary responsibility, we just passed the 25th anniversary of the death of former Mayor Harold Washington. I've seen a couple of retrospectives on Mayor Washington, and I didn't see any mention in those retrospectives of him sort of being the pioneer of using tax increment financing in the city of Chicago. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Maybe I'll have to write that. He was absolutely the mayor in office when we instituted our first TIF, uh, which is the aforementioned Central Loop TIF, although it was something else in those days. Centered largely around Block 37. Exactly. And as I've said many times, that was sort of the ideal TIF, the way he set it up. You could argue whether the area would have been better off without a TIF. I argue in retrospect that the city would have been better off had we just left that area alone and you know let the market do its thing. But that TIF was ideal in that it was limited when he created it just to the one goal of redeveloping the block that runs along state in between, what is it, Randolph and Washington, Washington yeah. and Dearborn. And he promised at the time. He said that as soon as the development is done, the TIF and the money paid out, the TIF will elapse. It'll die. It'll go away, wither on the vine. And all the tax revenue generated in that area would then go back to the um, taxing bodies. So it was viewed as sort of an investment by the schools and the parks into a project that would, in a very immediate term, bring them a lot of money. Of course, Mayor Daley became the mayor, and he totally perverted the whole notion of the program into what we have today, which Mayor Emanuel is continuing. Never mind what happened to Block 37. Yeah, never mind what happened to Block 37. It sort of died with Harold for a while there. I think the commercial end is really struggling, the mall itself. I tend to believe that we're better off with what we had. I liked the skating rink. Yeah, the skate. Well, that was in one uh, evolution, wasn't it? It was at one point when the whole thing was a failure. They put a skating rink there. Well, you know, it wasn't a bad thing. That was in the winter. In the summertime, it turned into Gallery 37, which became, you know, signature city program for kids. Yes. Sponsored by by the mayor's wife, Maggie Daly. Yeah. So you can make the argument that we'd be better off with that, I suppose. Well, it didn't produce revenue in terms of taxes, but then we're not getting the full revenue that we're supposed to anyway because facilities underused and the the last stage of the development hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's fair to uh, saddle Mayor Harold Washington with the full responsibility for that debacle, but uh, he was the man who got that ball rolling, absolutely. So his new moniker, the father of TIFF. (laughs) (laughs) I did not say that. David Glowatz said that. Ben, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, David. Though to our listeners, we have moved to a new website inside Chicago government, shygov.com. 
If you don't already subscribe to a podcast so you can hear all of these interviews automatically, you can find a podcast link to click on. And if you want to just go there and listen to all of our interviews, you can click on Ben's face right there on the right side of the front page. You'll also find a link to our Facebook page. And if you just want to search for us on iTunes, you can search for Ben Jarofsky. I'm Dave Glowatz. Thanks for listening.